It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. Today, I'm going with a question that was posed to me because in my recent book, The Thrive Principles, I talk about accepting what is. But if you've listened to me very long, you've also heard me talk about how to improve. And the question was, how do I work with what is, accepting what is, accepting where things are? At the same time, I'm working to improve things. And for this person, it seemed that I was creating a dichotomy that you can either be accepting of what is or you can be working to improve yourself and figuring out what's wrong. The, the problem is that there is no dichotomy. <laughs> We're not never stuck between what is and improving the self. So let me make a couple of points about what I mean with this. The first thing is there is a difference between acceptance and settling. And so the first dichotomy that, that people have drawn is that when I say you've got to accept what is, that you have to settle for what is. For me, there's a very different thing. Settling is saying, okay, well, this is good enough. You know, here I am. What is is what is. It's good enough. No need to worry about it. Versus acceptance, which is to say, this is where I am. This is a fair estimation of where I am. This is not me trying to pretend to be somewhere I'm not, not me wishing I was somewhere I'm not, but it's seeing where I am. Which brings us to the next dichotomy of the difference between excelling and perfecting. Excelling is when we continue to work to be the best we can be, to use our gifts the best way we can. What I've noticed is a lot of times when people are feeling burned out and tired and torn down, part of it is because they haven't found a way of putting their energy in. They haven't found a way of tapping into their deeper place of where they want to make an impact in the world. And so instead of moving towards their impact, they feel stuck. They feel no energy because energy is released when we are excelling towards our gifts which is different than perfecting, the belief that we are somehow get to perfection. And when we play the game of perfection, it comes out in two different ways. One is it comes out in very controlling ways where people try to control everything and everyone around them as a way of pretending that things are perfect. And the other way it comes out is in not doing anything because you can't do it perfectly. Many times people who are procrastinating really are just afraid to get started because they won't be able to do it perfectly. And then there are those who are in at the beginning and making sure they pull all the strings for other people because they fear not having the control because they want it to be perfect. That's different than excelling, which is doing the best, given where you are right now, doing the best you can. So let's talk about five points and how you, you bring these pieces together of how to do what is while you're busy improving yourself. First thing is that accepting what is creates a starting point, which is both realistic and reflecting circumstances. This is really kind of that thing that Thomas Leonard called the present perfect. Thomas Leonard was one of the early days in, of life coaching. He's kind of, at this point, almost the grandfather of life coaching. And, and he had a great phrase that sounded like he was teaching grammar. He talked about the present perfect. 
And what he said is the present is a perfect representation of everything that's happened to you and everything you've done to bring you to where you are. It is perfect in the representation of all the things that you've done and perfect in all the representation of all the things that have happened to you to get you to here. A lot of times we struggle with that present perfect. First, we think that it's wrong, that there should be something different, that there is a a should to that, that things should be different, even though they are well representing our life, the choices we made, and the circumstances around us at any point. So part of Thomas Leonard's point was that if you don't like where you are, Instead of trying to pretend that you're at a different place, you might change how you're moving forward. In other words, if you don't like where you are, you have a chance to start fresh. You have a chance to start again. You have a chance every day for a new beginning. But this moment is representing all the moments that came before. This is a culmination of where you've been. That's for good and for bad. If you look at your life and you say, wow, look at all the good things in my life. They are a result of what's happened, your choices and circumstances around you that got you there. If you look at the bad things in your life, the things you wish were not there, they are also the culmination of the decisions you made, the actions you've taken, and the circumstances around you. You're a full representation of the present perfect Because you are exactly where you are based on what's happened to you and the decisions you made and the actions you've taken up until now. It creates a starting point. Not an ending point, but a starting point. But we have to know where we are. Several years ago, I was uh, working with an organization. It was a nonprofit. And they were in trouble for lots of reasons. So I sat down with them and I said, well, let's talk about your finances And it turned out that they had no financial statements. And I said, how do you know where you are? And the answer was, we don't. We don't know where we are because we don't know any of this. And so we began to work on a plan on how they could at least begin to understand where they are so we knew where to work from. It turned out that they were finding it very hard to find donors and grants because they weren't clear about where they were standing, the reality of their circumstances. And so they didn't know whether they were playing the game well or losing the game consistently. They didn't know whether they were able to serve more clients or if they were serving too many clients. They didn't know if they were able to make payroll or if they were headed for bankruptcy, all because they didn't want to really know. The director didn't want to be clear about where things were because of the terror of recognizing what is. We all play that game in many points in our life. Think about how many people kind of bury their head in the sand and wait for something to pass, hoping that something good will come along. We do the same thing with personal finances repeatedly in our lives, of of not really wanting to know what's in that bank account of hoping that if the card goes through, that meant that there there were funds in the account, of hoping that at the end of the month, there'll be a little bit left over not recognizing that that's just a calculation. But we do the same thing. I, I talked with a couple of college students a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, how are classes going? They said, I really don't know. I haven't really looked to see where, where my classes are. And I said, if you don't know what classes you need, how do you register? And they said, oh, I, you know, I pick the ones that I tend to like. And I said, but if you pick the ones you tend to like, how many years do you think it might take you to, to just randomly get to the right classes? 
What is, is based on understanding the decisions you're making and understanding the consequences of, of those decisions. There's nothing wrong with those students taking classes of interest to them. The question was whether it propelled them towards something achievable down the road, like a degree, or whether they were just going through the motions. So accepting what is, is really creating a fundamental foundational place to begin the process. Until we accept what is, which means that we're willing to look at what is, we can't be clear about where we want to go towards, of what we want to move towards. But it is helpful to remember that where we are, whether we know it or not, is a perfect, perfect replication of all the decisions we made, of all the circumstances before us, of all the actions that have come before, that have arrived to here. We are a representation of where we've been. So we accept what is because it gives us a fundamental, foundational beginning point of where we go next. The second thing we do is, ironically enough, make sure that we have an acceptance of limitations. Because I'll tell you the truth, despite what our parents told us, that we can do anything and be anything, that's not true. <laughs> I'm too tall to be an astronaut. I also don't have the background or the training, nor particularly the aptitude. I probably won't ever get my pilot's license, and I'll be honest to tell you that one of the reasons I want is because I'm not a detail person, and if you're going to fly a plane, you better be a detail person. And I just recognize that about myself. Could I change it? Yes. But will it likely change? No. There are some limitations. Limitations are sometimes things we can move around. I have a limitation of dyslexia. It also frees me up to think about things differently, but when it's time to read a book, it's a challenge. That doesn't mean that I can't do other things. I've now written, I'm on the fifth, sixth book. Uh, so it's possible for me to get beyond that. But I have to recognize that there are some limitations that I'm going to have to figure out my way through. So despite what you might have been told about being and doing anything you want, we all have some limitations based on mindset, sometimes based on gender, sometimes based on economics, sometimes based on decisions and choices we made along the way. And sometimes made just based on pure ability. I'm also not going to play in the NBA or Major League Baseball or NFL or any other professional sport. My body wouldn't do that. That doesn't mean I can't go play basketball. And it doesn't mean I can't go play football or baseball or anything I want. And I, it doesn't mean I couldn't get better at it. But it probably means I'm not going to do it at a professional level. There are limitations. And sometimes we struggle with what that means. Because that brings us to uh, uh, the, the fourth part, which is a growth mindset. I'm sorry, the third part, which is a growth mindset. And this is where I almost go against what I just said. There are limitations in your life. A growth mindset, though, is an idea put forth by Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck said there are actually two mindsets, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. A growth mindset is the belief that you can figure things out and get better at them with practice. A fixed mindset believes that there's something inborn then something that can't change. So when you look at a child and you say, oh, wow, that child is such a natural musician or a natural ball player or a natural reader or a natural math kid or science kid or art kid or whatever else we put on that child, it's not natural. It's what they've developed along the way. 
And when we get to the place where we believe there's that inborn part, not about excelling, there are lots of ways to excel in things, but this is the capacity of recognizing that we can get better. So Carol Dweck talks about it in terms of smaller things and bigger things. She talks about it in terms of athletes and and great people in, in all kinds of performance areas, and also in basic things like math. For instance, if a child believes that a child can't do math, the child is not likely to work hard at doing math. If the child has gotten feedback that the child's really good at math, the child might have a natural propensity to believe that. Not that they have a natural propensity towards math, but to believe that they do and continue working. In fact, they did research and, and they would bring kids in to do puzzles. And they recognized that kids fell into two categories the fixed mindset, the growth mindset. The ones who had a growth mindset would come in and basically rub their hands together and say, I love a challenge. And they would rise to the challenge. Those who had a fixed mindset said, I can't do puzzles. I'm never good at these. And they gave up. When they studied this, in math, it's one of those things that generally you either know how to do it or you don't. And there's a switch that happens. And you may have had the moments in your life in, a, in some math class where you went from not understanding it to suddenly understanding it. And it's as if you have an aha moment that pops it wide for you and you suddenly realize what you need to do and how to do it. That's the nature of math. Neuronal pathways link up. In fact, that's the nature of any learning process. Neuronal pathways link up. And we all have neuronal pathways and we all have the capacity of building those neuronal pathways. So if you want to be good at something, the difference between where you are and that is practice. That doesn't mean you'll be world-class at that, but to be good at something, you can always be improving. So part of the task of excelling in something is adopting a growth mindset, not allowing the fixed mindset to hold you back. The fixed mindset is the one that tends to say, well, I can't do this and I can't get better. The growth mindset decides, with practice, I can get better. I will work on mastering this. Which brings us to the fourth point, which is being responsible about what you can control. I believe that we all have basically three things that we can control. Our aspirations, our attitude, and our actions. Everything else falls in the category of the things we cannot control. We can't control the fears that pop into our minds. We can't control the thoughts that pop into our minds. But we can choose the asp- what we aspire to, our dreams, our aspirations. We can choose what we want to move towards. I also believe we choose our attitude, the attitude of I will figure this out. I can put my best effort forward. Not I can do anything I want, but I will do my best. My, the idea of this positive mental attitude, I've talked about this several times, is comes from when I would teach scuba class with my good old scuba buddy, uh, Ray. And Ray has this idea that we should all be working with a positive mental attitude, not that we know how to do it, not that everything's great, but we can figure it out and we will give it a try. And so many times students will go, I can't do that. And our encouragement was to adopt a positive mental attitude and say, I'll try to do that. I'll try to learn. I'm going to try. I'm going to take that on as something to figure out. So we have capacity of always choosing our attitude. And finally, we have the choice of our actions. 
how we act towards other people. Sometimes we like to pretend that the actions aren't all within our control, but we all have a control of our actions. Those are our responsibility. And within those three areas, we can move towards where we want to excel, which brings us to the fifth part of practicing patience and persistence. And this is where it comes together, patience and persistence. Patience is often about accepting what is while moving towards something else. Persistence is continually moving towards that. It's finding ways of continually moving forward and pushing against it. Persistence is staying with it. If your parents told you how stubborn you were as a child, take that as a gift of persistence. If you are able to to draw that in and learn a lesson, persistence is what gets people there. More, more positive things in the world come from persistence than raw talent or anything else. So use patience and persistence. Practice patience and persistence as the way of understanding how to accept and excel at the same time. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.